Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dunkin' Dunkin' Connection, the podcast where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. Now, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for my co-host. Um, his voice is a little raspy. Um, I am giving him a pass because I have recorded with a raspy voice before. So I'm just going through puberty, guys. It's all it is. Yeah. Um, but this is a very special episode. This is episode number 10, and this is our WWE NXT Worlds Collide and Royal Rumble recap episode. Yes. <clears throat> now we're going to be going top to bottom on each card. We're going to talk about how our predictions went, which overall our predictions went pretty damn good. If this was a Major League Baseball batting average, it'd be like we were stealing signs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I love how you sprinkled that in there. <laughs> um, and we're going to go over how the matches went, how we thought the mat- uh, match of the nights, and how we thought the card was overall. Okay. I'm ready. To go. So, starting off in the pre-show of Worlds Collide, we had Mia Yim versus Kaylee Ray in a grudge match. Yes. Kaylee Ray won over here, the uh, NXT UK Women's Champion. As was expected, considering that you're not going to have your champion take a take a fall, fall to uh, to Mia Yim, but it was a great, hard-hitting match. Like we had said, Mia Yim can go into any of these matches with anybody. Yeah, and she's always and able put on to a put, put on a show, put on a show, and she's and when we get to the women's Royal Rumble, she did a very good job in that for the short period that she was in the Rumble. Yeah, but that is what she does. She puts on great matches with everybody. Obviously, it falls into the WWE. One side gets the upper hand, other side gets a hot, hot offensive flurry. Yeah. You and then the, you get the flurry of finishes, a couple of near falls, and then Kaylee Ray gets the uh, gets a finish, clean pin. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, to open up the main card, we had Finn Balor versus Il- Ilya. I've learned it's Ilya Dragunov. It's Ilya. not Ilja. It's, it's not Ilya, Ilya Dragunov. Well, um, <sighs> we both said that this was going to I, be a squash. What a match! This was so hard hitting. This was my second favorite match of the night. This match was incredible. First of all, um, Ilya busted Balor, Balor open right open yeah. with on the coast to coast. He uh-huh. hit him with the heel like right near his eye. Yep. And they were calling it a broken nose. It wasn't a broken nose. He just busted him open with like he he caught him just right. But oh man, this was just such a good match. And it wasn't like Balor got all the high high offense no. and all that. Ilya got in a lot of really strong offense. A here. lot of near falls for Ilya. Yeah. I think he had like two, two or, three, or three. Yeah. You know, two and three quarter, two and a half counts. It was incredible. But, yeah. But what, Balor, of course, as we said, he gets the, the flurry of finishers. Yep. He hits the sling blade, the drop kick, the coup de gras, and then the, the 1916 to pick up the victory over Ilya. And after Balor got up, he kind of jumped back and kind of was like ready to fight Ilya even more. Yeah, because he's like, he he didn't expect a competitor kinda, to put on that much. Yeah. against him. Yeah, um, and it was little things about this match too that you noticed while we were watching it. Yeah, which is, hey, Balor's got a big red X on his jacket mm-hmm. and on his trunks. Wait a minute, doesn't his picture have big red? Uh, big black X's on it from uh, no, it's big red X's rig, on big his red eyes X's on his in eyes. Firefly Funhouse. So it's it's again, if WWE is doing this on purpose, if this is just you know miss you know sh- shit luck, I don't know. Yeah, all I'm saying is it it, it fits 
now with the Heyman, hey, we got to keep things very consistent. We got to keep the storylines kind of moving yeah. in a specific direction. And again, you're not wrong. This no. was definitely either. This was my second favorite match of the night. Yeah, it, it, it definitely sits very firmly in that position. Yeah. And one match I think could have been better, but when we get to it, we're going to discuss an injury that happened in that match that kind of curtailed the yeah. the course of that match. Because you yeah. could almost tell as soon as it happened, things had to change. Yeah, because they had to change the booking on the fly. Yes. But luckily, with the people involved in that oh, match, it, it, they're bo- they can rebook a match yes. on the fly four nights out of six. Yeah, exactly. Four nights out of seven. Yeah, exactly. So, so. The next match was a fatal four-way oh. for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship uh, Angel Garza, the champion, versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jordan Devlin versus Travis Banks. This match was insane. This, 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 this was the match of the night. This was not my match of the night. This was the match of the night, dude. I was at my sister's house. We were having a family game night, and I couldn't put the phone down. And then my sister's friend's kid, who's also named David, is sitting there, and he doesn't know any of these wrestlers. He watches wrestling. But he doesn't know any of these guys. And like I'm calling the spots just before they start happening. And when Devlin hit the when Gaza hit his finisher and I saw Devlin rolling into the ring, I'm like, oh my God, Devlin's gonna win the match. Devlin's gonna win He's the gonna match. He's gonna hit the devil inside. Dude, he hits the kiss, like the Glasgow kiss, hits Garza with it, is all shaken, looks down and realizes, oh my God, Swerve Scott's still in the ring. Picks him up. Devil, devil inside. inside. Boom. One. Too, and then all of a sudden you see Gaza's eyes open up, and he tries to jump over the referee to hit Devlin, and, and the ref three. hits the three, and then he hits him, and it's like we got a new champion. And Devlin rushes out of the ring. No, he doesn't rush out of the ring. No, or he rushes out of the way because he doesn't want to get attacked by Garza. So Devlin gets up, gets his hands raised, gets the belt, gets on top of the announce table, grabs a live mic, and goes, "I am the best." Pound for pound wrestler in this division, and now I have the belt to prove it. Who's coming to get me? And oh my god, he has this Balor like essence yeah. going on right now. And I could, I, I they're wanna, both from the same area. They train together. I want to see it. I want to see the two of these guys just like they come have together. wrestled before. I know they've wrestled before, but I want to wrestled see them. before at the first uh, first takeover. I want to see them wrestle as. A, a, a faction. As a faction. As I want to see that because oh, that that was such a good match, man. I couldn't. It didn't stop the entire time. Again, it's because of the two hundred five division. Those guys are go 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 go. And go, now go, 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 that go. they're not on main roster, they're in NXT. Oh, they are even, allowed to do what they can they're do. Doing so because much. Hunter realizes. Oh, these guys can go. Oh, man. and when they can go, yeah, they'll put on match of the night. Now, I'm I am very interested because we had, we both picked Devlin. Yeah, we we had a feeling that this was going to be the secondary belt going over to the UK division. Yeah, this is going to be a traveling belt. Devlin's not staying in UK. No, he'll we, move. He'll go to NXT. We, main. we had thought that maybe the next person we were going to see was going to be somebody coming out of the Mustache Mountain and DIY match was the guy who was going to be moving kind of next to get to NXT. Yeah. What I think is this is a traveling belt, and I almost think like now with this whole Worlds Collide thing, you're almost going to get not an NXT UK, NXT Main. You're going to get. NXT. NXT and these guys are going to be going overseas to Europe to wrestle. The Europeans are going to be coming over to the United States to wrestle. You're going to there's going to be a lot of more 
integration of everybody, as you're seeing, Kaylee Ray versus Mia Yim, Tony Storm versus uh, Rhea Ripley. This whole event here is, I think, the precursor now to a true NXT reset and link up. Okay, now I'm going to give you... I'm going to put a fantasy booking thing in here. Imagine this belt doesn't travel, but it stays the mid-card belt in UK. Okay. But... Like we've talked about in the past, like way in the past, bumping this division up by 20 pounds, making it 225. No, 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 hear me out. That would be awesome. Renaming the belt from the Cruiserweight Championship to the WWE European Championship. And bring back that and title. And leaving it in UK because you have the North American title in NXT mid-card, and then you'll have the European yeah. in UK NXT main yeah. uh, mid-card. I think it would be great. I think... And that would open it up for so many more people to challenge for that belt. Yes, and as we've discussed, that division needs the 20-pound bump. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, someone like Dragunov is, is just, just slightly, slightly over. Wolf just slightly, slightly over. And Wolf could compete for that belt. Yeah, because what I thought Bate was could compete if they want to do something in UK like they did in the, in the US, they'd make... Imperium, the UE of the UK, give Eichner and Bartel the tag championships, yeah. give Wolf the mid-card belt, and Walter's your main title. I, I almost feel like they're, they're, they're... I mean, we've talked about this in the past on many, many different occasions. I almost feel like they don't want to do it because they don't want to rehash a similar idea. That, and they also don't want to have Walter stuck in UK for a long time. No, because... As soon as he drops that belt, he's on NXT main. He may even be on Raw or SmackDown at that point. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I think I I am I am liking what they did. The way this match went, everybody everybody got over in this match. Even even um Travis Banks. Yeah. Banks was putting in so much work <laughs> over the top rope and through the through the ropes. Through the ropes. Um the, the dives. moves he was hitting Swerve Scott looked amazing. Yeah. Um, the Canadian destroyer that was hit in the middle of this match yeah. was incredible. Um, the not I don't want to call it I know they call it a um uh what is it when there's like multiple guys in the corner and it's uh Um the, the Tower of Doom. Tower of Doom. They didn't have a Tower of Doom spot, but they had a spot in which Swerve Scott was on I believe it was Travis, Travis Banks. Travis Banks shoulders and and Garza came off the top rope, and it turned into like a reverse Hurricane Rana, in which Swerve Scott Hurricane Rana Travis Banks or Travis Banks while Hurricane, getting like while getting clotheslined by it was like the spots in this match were just out of out of control, out of control. This was my match of the night, and I know there's another match that's coming up that you can make the argument for, but these these first three matches we're discussing all have. Match of the night. Match of the night field. Which, Ooh. speaking of that, my, my match of the night was the next match, DIY versus Mustache Mountain. Oh, man. This the is... best spot of the night was after the table spot where Champa hopped up on the edge, was doing his little clapping, tapping the back of his shoulder thing, and then Gargano jumps up on the on this uh, apron next to him, starts clapping, tapping his own back, yeah. and then uh, Champa just grabs him head, puts him on his shoulder, and you have DIY back. Dude, it just put a smile all the way across your entire face when that happened. Without and, a doubt. And, it, and it's all the little things that happened in this match, too. Yes. Like, so, 
you had kind of like a little bit of a botch in which Gargano and um, Bate were supposed to each have each other's leg, but like Gargano's leg kept slipping. Oh no, uh, Bate's leg kept slipping. Gargano couldn't hold it, so then Bate kind of put his leg down, and then they kind of shook hands. And then yeah, they kind of looked at each other, nodded, nodded, tagged every, tagged, tagged the other two in, and then the other two were doing their thing where. Um, Champa does like the mustache thing, and um, Trent Seven. Trent goes, Seven grabs goes, his no, arms, no, pulls him down. Pulls him down goes, mm, mm, mm. He does and the mustache he thing, does it right. and then, then Champa just throws just up the muscles, and then and he is ripped. Yeah. up. And then Seven's like, okay, and they start walking around the ring like they're gonna stop fighting. Like it was just the little things. It like was the that. little because it was face first face. Exactly. It was a true professional wrestling match. Yes, and I'll say it. Champa had a little bit of his heel in there with some of the things he did, like throwing him over the uh, throwing him over the tables and yes. such like that. But it was a true face first face match because at the end they all embraced, shook after, hands uh, after DIY hit the uh, the corner to corner. Yes, the um, it's not the high low. It, it, it's the I think it's just called the DIY. It's the front and back or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they hit that. They get the pin one two three, and we said it. Champa pinned seven. Yeah. Well, again, we both said it, and then I just decided to make a different prediction in the match, and I yeah. decided to go the other way with yeah. it. Yeah. But there was one spot again. Not to. I, I don't want to sit on these matches for too long, but man, they were so good. Oh yeah. There was a spot in which they had Banks, uh, bait. I'm sorry. They had bait set up for the, the the running knees. Yeah. And then seven gets in the middle of it, like to protect them, and then as they come over, they both do the. Hey, look over here. Pop. Yeah. And they jump up. Bop, bang. Yes. It was... I get it. It's these, these little... These little moments. Moments that make these matches just so magical. Because they're so good. And I had somebody today who I introduced to the podcast. He was asking me. He's like, well, isn't it all predetermined? I said, it doesn't matter. The athleticism and the stuff that happens in these yeah. matches is just... It's, it's pure it's, gold. So... So people people like to say, and I'm going to defend this until the day I effing die, um, people like to put down wrestling because it's predetermined, it's fake, it's staged. I'm like, you like watching sitcoms? You like watching regular reality you TV watch shows? Movies. You watch movies? Those are written. Those are predetermined. Yes. The only live action thing that isn't predetermined, but it can be said that it is sometimes... Is professional sports? Um, hello, people were just stealing signs in Major League Baseball. Exactly, so that's what I'm saying. It could be predetermined, but professional wrestling has this art to it. Oh, it's because say people say it's staged. Anybody can do it. I'm like, all right, you go get in that ring. You taking off the top rope plancha? Yeah, and tell me how you feel. Yeah, you how's this? Don't even do it off the top rope plancha. Okay, just get in the ring and try to run off the ropes. Yeah, just these try guys, to go off the run off these guys the ropes. are actors. And they're professional athletes. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And that's the thing. is, these And little, they make it look easy. easy. I know. I know. That's the thing. When you get when you get two guys or four guys in the ring, like well, the matches we're talking about, whether it's the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match or we're talking about this, this DIY versus Mustache Mountain match, you got four guys who are in the ring who are just at the pinnacle of their profession. Athleticism. Athleticism, storytelling, character building, everything. And... You watch something like you before this event started. Angel Garza was presented with the new belt. Yeah, and he says, "I'm going to make you proud, and I'm going to defend this championship." He knew, even he before knew doing he that, was losing he that was belt. losing that belt. Yeah, 
But he had to play the role. He had to be the actor. Yeah. He had to keep the character going. And that is that is the true art behind what these guys do. And these women, night in and night out. Yeah. Again, the athleticism put to the side. I can't get in a ring and run off the ropes. I can't jump off the top rope. I, I can barely do a forward roll. My daughter makes me embarrasses me with her gymnastic skills. Another as we're continuing on the like they have to play the role. Finn Balor knew he was going over Ilja yeah. in a 12, 13 minute match. Yeah. He still came into that match with the swagger and attitude that he was going to put Ilja down in, in two minutes. 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, even, yeah. And then at the end, he was still shocked that he, he had was, to go that was, long. And he was so mad that he was going to go after and attack him again. Yeah. And he was so mad that later on in the night, he attacks he attacked Gargano, which happened after, after the DIY's match. Yes. And he gets in the backstage, they're doing an interview with Gargano, and Balor is just so mad, he decides to go after Gargano, and he basically is fighting off security guards, and he's ready to go through Tyler Bate, and he's ready to go through Trent Seven to get back to Gargano, who he had just put through a table. Like, that's character. That's, that, that is, whether, I mean, a lot of these guys now are having everything written by the WWE, but... It, it's being able to understand where you need to go with your own character. And now, with everything happening with Heyman and everything happening with Levesque, it's getting these guys to actually be like, hey, what's your input with this character? Yeah. I can guarantee you that if this was eight months ago, Balor's character would not be this way. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. And it's because of great minds like Levesque, like Heyman, being like, Finn, what do we need what to do? What is your ideal character? What do we need to do with, what do we need to do with Balor? What, what you need to do is you need to let me be the prince. Yeah. Okay, I need to bring out the guns. That's it. And that's. Well, speaking of, little tangent, uh, we began going on a lot of those. Um, Bullet Club redesigned their logo. Yeah, I heard about that. It looks, it's clean, it's fresh, but it gets rid of that old nostalgic like skull I, and crossbones. I, I, I still like the skull and crossbones. It's so much better. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next match, uh, the NXT Women's Championship match between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. There was so much bad blood in this match, even though they're both faces, but that's because they've had this rivalry since uh, Rhea lost her NXT UK championship. Two totally. Two years, a year and a half ago. Yeah. This match was insane. Yeah. I this get... entire card was insane. Well, actually, this entire weekend was oh, insane. Oh, yeah. When, when we get to... Uh, oh. This but... was, in my opinion, because this is the first two major shows that have happened... In professional wrestling on a weekend. In WWE. Yeah, I was about to in say. In WWE, yeah, yes. WWE, because yeah. uh, AEW had a... And NJPW had... And NJPW had uh, the uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. This was, in my opinion, the best way 2020 could have started in professional wrestling. In terms of pay-per-views. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. Because wanna... there was a couple of things that could be done differently. <sighs> but all in all... This was an amazing weekend. Yes, in it was. Yes, it was. And another amazing women's match. You know, we constantly talk up the women's division. The NXT women's division. There's no need to talk it up because it's just that good. And guess what? Another good match. Yeah, Rhea I mean, wins with the the Riptide. Yep. And there's there's nothing else you need to say about this match. No, no, no. Matt's girl unfortunately lost Tony Storm. Yeah, but our boy Matt likes Tony Storm. But the thing is, is she? They need to pick a side for her. Yeah, they can't let her keep winning keep, and no, well, push. Not, not, not that. They can't let her tote the line of heel, heel face. face. You know, you have her going up against Rhea, who you want to be your face because she took down the ultimate heel. Yeah, and Shayna. And Shayna. And Rhea is going to lose this belt to a heel. Yeah. Whether that's EO 
or maybe a heel storm, or maybe Tegan Knox. Or Belair. Not, not Tegan Knox, Dakota, Dakota Kai. Or, or Belair. So there's a bunch of different things, and I love the subtle nuances. Again, it's all these little things. It's the fact that Belair's in the crowd watching this match. Yeah. Hmm, is Belair going to run in? Is she going to interfere in the match? It's the fact that they have grizzled young veterans, and they had the Broserweights in the crowd together having an interview. And then you have Pete Dunne, who doesn't do a lot of talking, making all the little jokes about, you know, uh, a joint and rolling up and we're gonna smoke you and Matt Riddle's in there and he's just laughing it up he's laughing it up and he's like in another world yes and then the other thing too is like dude you guys should just be happy like my boy Pete Dunn over here yeah that's his happy face guys you know what I mean it's just like it, it's those things and the fact that the winner of this Dusty Classic gets a tag team title match of their choosing yeah. They didn't say it had to be the NXT Tag Team titles. No. They said NXT Tag Team Championship match, which means that if the Broserweights wanted to, they could go to NXT UK. Yeah, and face off against... Um, Gallus. Gallus, yeah. Could you, like... That's or incredible. you could have GYV challenge Gallus. Or UE. Or UE, which I would love to see. I know. Put GYV on main NXT. Yeah. That'd be great. It would be great. Put that at Portland. Oh. Put that as the Tag Team Championship oh, at Portland. so good. <laughs> so, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, just, again, excellent match. Great spots. Again, you know you, what you're going to get out of these women. It was a little clunky at the beginning. Some of the um, some of the um, strikes seemed a little yeah. weak and stuff like that. But as yeah. the match continued to progress, it was a good match. It was good character building. Rhea Ripley gets another big win. Belair's in the crowd, so you know that she's scouting everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gives you that thing. And then even to continue this weekend, when we talk about the Women's Royal Rumble, the person you have to talk about is Bianca Belair. Oh, yeah. Completely impressive. Oh, yeah. Completely. Yeah. And your main event of WWE NXT Worlds Collide. Which could have been. Could have been match of the night if Alexander Wolf did not get injured Dude, in the he match. Got he ate out. a extremely stiff. flush, stiff roundhouse kick, which I'm assuming he was ready for. Yeah. But it hit him just flush enough. That it knocked him out. Yep, he was out. Most likely gave him a concussion. Yep. So the ref threw up the X and he was helped to the back. Uh, he was seeing birdies. Yeah. He got. Bringing uh, the UE. To a 4-3 to three advantage. Yes. And this is now the second time that the UE has lost a match in which they've had an advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Because you have the numbers, but you don't have you don't have everything because they put Walter through a table. Yeah. They did everything in this match. And what happened? Imperium still won. Yeah. With a insane power bomb yeah. to Bobby Fish. Yeah. And I love that Walter felt the need because they've been fighting for so long in that match that he had to stack up. Bobby Fish. He didn't just pin him regularly. He was on top of him, yeah. stacking him up. Yeah. It, dude, it is It is just what we say about Imperium all the time. It is their ring. Yeah. Walter is the ring general, and you will respect the ring, and you will respect the sanctity of everything that happens within that ring. Yeah. And they proved they are the faction that nobody wants to trifle with mm-hmm. in the WWE. Yeah. Because they, again, Walter got put through tables. Alexander Wolf got knocked out of the match. Eichner and um, Bartel, Bartel took so, so many much, high lows. Yes. 
And what happened? Walter at the took end of an it? absolutely massive high low. And what happened at the end? Cole was basically a non-factor because he got taken out of the match. Yeah, with Air Eichner. Yes, I love I love that. Uh, what was his? Uh, what's his name? Nigel called Air Eichner. Yep. Um, which he, uh, Cole didn't take the hit, but he kind of got knocked knocked silly a little yeah. bit with uh, Fish still in the ring. Yep. Fish eats the massive power bomb. Yep. Gets stacked up one two three. And that's it. And your ring and, general and Imperium are are the winners. The winners. And the thing is, uh, the 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 other big callback to this whole thing is that you have you have these guys who are constantly sleezing their way into into adv- advantageous positions against mm-hmm. everybody, and you just had three powerhouses mm-hmm. basically just stomp them out. Yeah, just basically say, yeah, you 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 can't. You can't hold my jockstrap. No. And did you notice that NXT and NXT UK split three and three? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Kaylee Ray, Imperium, and, and Devlin. Devlin won. And then DIY. DIY, Balor, and Ripley won. Yeah. Yeah. It's good booking, man. Yeah. That's a good way to do 50-50 booking. It's good 50-50 booking, booking that's, that's as we always right, say. That's the right way to do a 50-50 booking. And now, moving on to the WWE Royal Rumble 2020. There aren't many times, I'm going to say this for 2019, 100%. In 2019, when there was a takeover before a Big Four event, that takeover blew away the Big Four event. You can look at Rumble Weekend, you can look at Mania Weekend, you can look at SummerSlam Weekend, and you can look at Survivor Series Weekend. Okay? The, the NXT blew it away. Yeah, in This is the yeah. first time that I can remember in which a takeover and a main card event were this close. Yeah. They, they like, Rumble loses out because of its length. It gets a little long in the tooth, and there are those filler matches, unfortunately, that shouldn't be filler matches that, like, like the women's championship match with Bailey. Both just, women's championship matches were a little eh. Okay. Even um, the opening match with Reigns and stuff like that was it was a good match. It's just it's one of those things where it was predictable. Exactly, NXT it was just like bang 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 bang. It, it but that's the, that's how NXT works. They try and stick five to six matches in two and a half hours. Yep. Where Rumble can run four plus hours because I'm pretty sure it started at seven p.m. It went to like eleven well, eleven you the, twenty. You're, well, you're forgetting the pre-show. But yeah, I think the pre-show started had, at six. Yeah, no, pre-show started at five o'clock. Okay. Yeah, it was a two-hour pre-show with two matches on it. That's crazy. But um, let's get to the pre-show. So per- first pre-show match was Sheamus and Shorty G, which we said was going to be a thirty-second match. This match went seven and a half minutes. Okay, which is almost the equivalent of a thirty-second match. They just had to drag it out because of yeah. the fact that it was on the pre-show. It was on the pre-show, and they had two hours to fill. And yeah. what happened? Shorty G got no offense in. Sheamus murdered him. Yeah, and that was it. Yep. And you know what? I'm I'm okay with that because I want Sheamus to get a push as a heel. I'm fine with that. Yeah. If Shorty G has to be that cannon fodder, he has to be that cannon fodder. Yeah. Uh, your next match was Andrade <coughs> versus Umberto Carrillo on the pre-show as well. Yep. Which there was no IC Championship, which we said there might be, but there wasn't. Um, and, and this fine. was still put on the pre-show, which is understandable it's considering. Under- yeah. They kept both women's titles. They kept both Rumbles, of course. And they kept uh, the UC and the uh, False Count Anywhere. The yeah. two, uh, what do you want to call it, uh, gimmick matches. Yeah. So they, they booked it right. 
Well, in terms yeah. of putting the two matches that needed to be on the pre-show on the pre-show. Correct. But the thing is with me is they need to stop making the pre-show feel important. Yeah. Because both the Shorty G match and this match have had long-term story booking elements to them. Yeah. Okay? So even the Shorty G stuff started all the way back at King of the Ring. Yeah. With him being the underdog. And he's fighting every big guy. And then Sheamus comes in, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. And bro kicks him. Basically... Stay, takes his head off. Takes his head off. So you've had three weeks of story building with that. And then with the Humberto Carrillo stuff, this has been story building for almost two months. And if you really want to incorporate the whole Rey Mysterio stuff, this has been story building for almost six months. Yeah. And like it's not fair to these competitors who have built these characters and built these storylines to kind of just throw them on a pre-show that feels unimportant. Yeah. So my, I didn't watch the pre-show. My I didn't one catch thing either. I need to put out there in the universe because I like putting things out because sometimes they come back. The WWE needs to make the fans feel as if the pre-show is as important as the main card as the first match on the main card. Okay? Not the whole main card because you're not going to compare the first match on a pre-show to the main event of the main card. True. What you need to do is you need to make the the first match or the the matches on the pre-show feel just as important as the opening match of the main card. The main card because... If you think about the story elements, they're all on the same page. Shorty G, underdog role, Humberto Carrillo and Andrade Cien Almas with the US, uh, United States Championship, and Corbin and Roman Reigns have all been long-term story-booked elements. Yeah. So, um, But on to the United States Championship match. Good match. Yeah. Quick match. Andrade um, goes over. Andrade goes over, which is what we were hoping for because yep. that's what we needed. So both of us were two for two at this point. We were two for two at this point. Uh, the first match on the main card was, as we said, Roman versus Corbin. Yep. We both picked Roman in this match. Yep. Three for three. Um, three for three. Um, good match. Yeah. Uh, you could expect, we yeah. knew Falls Count Anywhere, we knew that uh, there was gonna be some table Ziggler spots. and Rude were going to get involved, and, and we knew Usos. that the Usos were going to get involved. Yep. There was Did some you good see, spots, dude. I can't remember if it was Jimmy or Jay, but came off the production balcony yeah. onto everybody, so and that, it looked like he almost missed. That was Jay, and then Jimmy got put, put onto the steel barrier yeah it, like laid it out like it was a table and he dropped them on it i don't know if that was supposed to break but man it didn't break no it didn't <laughs> he felt it the whole way yeah and then you had uh corbin get thrown into the portage on and then yeah. that got tipped up he got speared on top of the uh baseball dugout yeah and one of my favorite elements of this entire match is because it was in a baseball stadium so you got some like different camera angles so you got some different camera angles that they used for this match like even the way that the ramp was kind of set up the camera yeah. was kind of skewed a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't like dead center on the ring. So they had cameras here, cameras there, everywhere. So you got these different looks of where they were fighting throughout the arena and it wasn't just somebody on a mobile camera following them the Yeah, whole and you had a lot of overheads too. Exactly. Exactly. I wonder if those are the cameras the Astros just left in place. Probably. Probably. Um. So, as we said, Roman went over Yep. Uh, after a huge spear on the top of the dugout. Yep. Pinned him one, two, three. I thought he was going to hit him with another spear after the match too. Yeah, Because it kind of looks like he was hyping himself up for one and then he didn't do it. Yeah. Um, good match. Very good match. Mm-hmm. The next match on the card was, if I'm not mistaken, the Women's Rumble. Yes, it was. So this Rumble, as we talked about, someone who made a huge standout as Bianca Belair. Your first entrant was Alexa Bliss. And, and your she lasted second, a while, too. Yeah, your second was Bianca Belair. I think there was a point in the match in which both Bianca and Bliss were the only two remaining in the ring after there had been a bunch of other women in the ring. And they started going at it again. It was like a reset to the match. Yeah. Now, both these rumbles, the men's and the women's rumbles, both had what I would like to call 
they ran in thirds. Yeah. So they ran three different storylines throughout these matches. Yeah. So it started with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, the first two competitors, having their back and forth, and then subsequent women are entering the Rumble. Yeah. So, so I'll I'll run down the list. Yep. And stop me if you want to add something to it or okay. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So Alexa Bliss number one, Belair number two. Number three, Mighty Molly. Okay. Molly Holly. Yep. And and what I want to add about Mighty Holly, well, Mighty Molly, was that she entered the Rumble last year just as Molly Holly. Yeah. So now she's her superhero version. Yeah. And I thought they were going to bring back the Hurricane. But yeah. They brought him back last year. Yeah. They so did. it actually would have worked better if they had Hurricane Helms and Molly. Mighty, Mo- Mighty Molly. Yeah. This year. But if they had Shane it. Helms Shane. and Mighty Molly. Yes. Because last year it was yes. Molly Holly yes. and uh, yes. Hurricane Helms. Nice. So. Uh, Holly number Holly. four was Nikki Cross, which was huge for Alexa Bliss. She had help out there. Yes, exactly. Uh, number five was Lana. Okay, yep. Number six, Mercedes Martinez. I know, so good to see her in there. Yeah, and she put in some work. Yeah. Uh, up number seven was Liv Morgan. Yep. This is where we're talking about first storylines. Yeah. Where, uh, Morgan uh, eliminates Lana. Yep. Morgan's on the outside because she's thrown out, and then Lana comes up and sweeps her out. Yeah, well, no, um, Morgan was, was on, no, Morgan was on the top rope. She was gonna go do a move off the top rope. Yeah, and Lana, and Lana pulls, her down. pulls her down. And then they brawl and then on the they outside. They stop brawling on the outside. Yeah, and that and that's a good story element because again, it keeps the story fresh, which yeah. is enjoyable. Yeah. Um. Up next was uh, Candice LeRae. Yep. It's good to see her in there. Yeah. She, she was in there she, last year. Yeah. She wasn't in there. Long, she didn't though. last very very long. No. She was actually eliminated eighth. Um. <coughs> number ten was uh. So number eight was Mandy Rose. I yep. forgot to say that. Number nine was Candice LeRae. Okay. Number ten was Sonya Deville. All right. So. Let's stop here. Okay. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose had an elimination spot where your boy, my boy, Otis, Otis Dozovich, Dozovich, saves the day by lying on the I'm ground. And I'm pretty sure he got a kiss, too. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know what happened, but he's lying on the ground, and Mandy lands on top of him. And then she's able to get back into the rumble. Yeah. And then a bunch of things happen. Candace comes down. Sonya comes down. And once again... Mandy Rose gets eliminated, thrown over the top, and Otis catches her. Because, no, Merce- no, she doesn't get thrown over the top. I'm sorry. She's on the outside, and Sonya Deville throws a punch and hits her by an accident, and she falls into Otis. And then Mercedes Martinez throws Sonya, Sonya over the top. Over the top. And Otis tries to catch her, her too, too, but couldn't. And then collapses. And then collapses. The best part of this was the amount of bullshit that Corey Graves was saying about Otis Dozovich and, and how, saying, how can this fat piece of shite with this beautiful God's gift? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, listen, that's my boy. Don't hurt Otis. Yes. Leave yeah. Dozer alone. Yes. Um, oh, um, one comment about Lana. Do you know she was wearing a Captain Marvel outfit? She was. Yes. I like yeah. I like those little callbacks to the yeah. stuff that they do. Um, number 11, Kyrie Sane. Yep. Uh, number 12. Kyrie Sane. Oh, that was... F- Oh, the stuff that she with, had with, with the, the umbrella. With the, the umbrella. She gets to the top rope and she like floats down like Mary Poppins. Because the last time she did that, she came in with the umbrella last year when she was a face, and she did her like elbow with the with the umbrella. Yeah. This time she just got up to the top like she was going to do the same thing and just she, jumps off. She floated down and she starts spinning it. At, yeah, she starts at Alexa spinning. Bliss and Nikki Cross. It was She's a blessing cross, and then kind of doing like the like, like opening a little and closing poke, it. a little yeah. poke, and then she throws it. And she just starts falling. Yeah. Uh, number twelve, Mia Yim. Yep. The head batting in charge. Yep. 13 was Dana Brooke, mm-hmm. who she put in quite a bit of work. Yes, yes. Uh, but f- I think the next one is the one who put in a lot of work in this match. 14 was Tamina. Oh, no, no, she was out pretty quickly. Bianca, Bianca Belair eliminated her fast. Yeah. 
15, Dakota Kai. Number 16 was Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. Number 17 was Charlotte Flair. Okay. Number 18 was Naomi. Number 19 was Beth Phoenix. Okay, so we're going to backtrack a little bit before Charlotte Flair gets into this match. Okay. So before Charlotte Flair enters this match, there's only two people left. It's Bianca Belair and... Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. So that is where the second third of this match starts, yep. okay? Yep. Belair ends up eliminating Bliss. Belair was the all-star of this Women's yeah. Royal Rumble. Belair got seven eliminations in this So she, she set the women's record. No, she didn't. No, she yeah, single single match record. She said it at that point. Yeah, so later in the match, somebody else took it over. Yeah. But what I'm saying is at that point she had had the most eliminations in a single Royal Rumble yeah. for a female. So then you get Charlotte Flair into the match. Yep. And that basically sets it up as is she gonna is this where the match is gonna start getting serious? And it does. Yeah. Because the next couple of competitors it's like Wow, you have Charlotte Flair, and then you have... Naomi. Naomi, and then you have... Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix, which is a huge callback to something between the two of them yep. from last year's Royal Rumble. Yeah. And then I believe Natalia comes out. Nope. Uh, 20 was Tony Storm. Okay. 21 was Kelly Kelly. Okay. 22 was Sarah Logan. She got embarrassed. Embarrassed, yeah. My pick. Um, And then 23... Natalia. Yes. So then, again, a callback. You were talking, and it's kind of funny because you're going to have the same callback in the Men's Royal Rumble between a returning superstar and a current superstar. Yeah. So Natalia and Beth Phoenix had the thing last year where yeah. Natalia eliminated Beth Phoenix. Yep. I'm going to give Beth Phoenix so much so much credit in the she match. Was, she was busted open very early in the match, and yeah. she was like Ric Flair levels of blonde hair oh, yeah. doused in blood. Yeah. There was blood all in the back of her head, all through her hair. And it's appropriate. She was in a match with a flair while this was happening yeah. to her. Um, 24, Zia Lee. Yep. 25, Zelina Vega. Yep. 26, Shotzi Blackheart. 27, Carmella. 28, Tegan Knox. 29, <sighs> Santina Morella. Skip. Which... She eliminated herself, at least. She did. With yeah. the Cobra. With the Cobra. I Instead think she of facing at- uh, Phoenix... Turned around, turned around, look at Natalia. Says, just shrugs, takes the cobra, the cobra out, Tink. tinks, goes over the top rope. Yep, great. Number thirty, Shayna Baszler. Dude, the place exploded. Yes, who set the women's elimination record by eight straight eliminations? Impressive, dude. Impressive. Because I'm because she eliminated. Mistaken, she eliminated. Um, um. Uh, it was it was almost eight straight. It was Lee, yep. Knox, Vega, Blackheart, Carmella, Storm, Naomi. Then Natalia was eliminated by Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix was eliminated by Baszler, and then Flair yeah, eliminates Lee. Baszler. I thought when it was Baszler and Flair, I was like, "Oh my God, Shayna Baszler is going to win the Rumble." I thought once it got to that, I knew, I knew, um, I knew it wasn't going to be Baszler. So the reason I thought that is because. Do you notice that sometimes in the beginning of shows, specifically during pre-shows, if a wrestler has an interview in the back, they're generally not going to win their match? Yeah. Charlotte Flair had an interview during the pre-show. That's why I was like, oh, Flair's having an interview about how she's going to win the Rumble. She's not going to win the Rumble. She won the Rumble. Yeah. She won the Women's Rumble of 2020. I I feel like it was the safe choice. It was. And, And I think it's the right choice, too. Um, I just hope they're not going to... I mean, we'll see on Monday Night Raw tonight. Yeah, we will. <clears throat> what's going to happen, but... 
I almost want to see Baszler show up tonight. Oh, I'd love it. I would love that. Um, your next match was the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Bailey and Lacey Evans. They were put in a very tough position. Yeah, following they were. that Royal Rumble, that was that freaking good. They were put in a very tough position. Yeah, and they were. Fortunately, the crowd was exhausted. They couldn't get behind them. Um, they had a clean match. No, oh, yeah. But the thing was, is it ended with a roll up. Yeah, because because uh, Lacey goes for, for the, the spl- uh, for the, the moon salt, gets hit with the knees, knees, and then it's just a roll and then up. it's just a roll up. There was no ba- uh, no Bailey to belly, no, no nothing like that. Nope. So that's the again, the crowd wasn't invested in this match because they just put in so much and dude, that crowd popped. That crowd popped so loud for Baszler. That oh, crowd yeah. popped so loud for a returning Nia Jax. That crowd you popped. Mean Tamina? Uh, Tamina, I'm sorry. Actually, where was Nia Jax? That yeah, was, that was Nia wasn't shocking. there. Um, that crowd popped for every Phoenix. every elimination for, by Bianca Belair for yeah. Beth Phoenix. They popped for every elimination was, by Shayna. Yeah. It was incredible, and they were just out of energy, yeah. and this match suffered for it. It yeah. was a good match. If you took it in its context, it did what it was supposed to. It kept the storyline. It, it finished the storyline. Yeah. Do I see Lacey Evans continuing to chase at this point? No. I think someone else knew was going to come after Bailey, yeah. and I think it's going to be Charlotte Flair. I think she's going to announce that she's going after Bailey to get her belt back that Bailey stole from her. Yeah. And your next match, which in my opinion was match of the night. Okay. Universal Championship match. Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan in a strap match. This was a very good match. This match was given an A plus by CBS Sports. This was a very good match. Very good match. Very good storytelling. Very good um, athleticism. Athleticism. Very the, good back and forth. Oh man, the abuse that both these guys were putting themselves with. These guys were whipping each other with that strap. Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, Bryan was broken open multiple times yes. on his arms and yes. back. And he was so exhausted at the end, he needed help getting into the back. Yeah. Did you hear the thank you, Brian chants? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you see at the end of the match, after he'd put the mandible claw on him and the match was over, he kind of went over to him and put his hand on his back, like like caressed him a little bit with the uh, hurt glove? The, with the heel glove. Was it the heel glove? Yeah. Okay, so he... like Because whenever he was hearing things, he was, was using the hurt glove. Yeah. But then he caressed him with the heel glove. Okay. Well, all I know is I saw him caress him. I didn't know which glove it was with. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's those little things they're doing with the with the Fiend that are so good. I, it's the little it. things My that WWE is, is doing in general. Yes. The little nuances. Yes. Yes. Such a good match. Yeah. It didn't make my match of the night, though. It's definitely number two, though. All right. The next match, the Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Oscar. so disappointed with this match. I didn't catch it. I was so disappointed. It was the only match I didn't catch. Disappointed. It... it, it you did not need Becky going over in this match. Nope. You didn't. You didn't. Unfortunately, I I think it would have been better had you put the belt on um, Oscar. Oscar, yeah. And it kept Becky chasing until Mania. Yeah. Because then you could have had Becky. It is so much better. <clears throat> I was telling Matt this today. It is a hundred percent better to have a heel go into Mania as the champion and a face go over. Yeah. That is the way to do your Mania moments. I'm curious how many times. Last year, when we were recording, did I say that faces make better chases, heels make better chases? Well, it's because it's true. Because it is. Yeah, it's a fact. I believe that for years. It's a fact. You know what I mean? Why do people? Why do people want to see the belt off of Lesnar so much? Because he's a heel. Yeah, he's a heel, and he doesn't show up, so people oh, can't. Everybody can. 
shove that right up their well, ass. Let me rephrase after, that. After he, this, oh he my God. hasn't showed up before he started this push, but he was on three back-to-back Raws. Well, not just that. Dude, I'm going all the way back into Royal Rumble 2019. He sh- starting Royal Rumble 2019, he show- he started showing up yeah. when he was needed. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it has to do with Heyman. Yeah. You know what I mean? But forget the three back-to-back Raws. When... Let's finish talking about this Becky Lynch match, which again went the wrong way. Yeah, Oscar should have won the championship. Oscar should be the champion. It shouldn't have ended where Oscar's going for the green mask and Becky kicks her in the stomach and she sprays it in her own face, and then she puts her in the disarmor. Like how weak? How you you've been building this mystique for Oscar now, where she's this unbeatable essence. Yeah, Becky Lynch can't get over it and then makes her tap. Yeah, like doesn't pin her specifically because like. Asuka is not someone who should tap. No, she shouldn't. She has a much more devastating finisher. Her her Asuka lock is way more devastating than the Disarmor. Yeah. Okay? That's a fact. Yeah. Especially when you go back and you look at Royal Rumble 2019 when she put that Asuka um, lock on, on Becky, Becky Lynch and, and bridged her. it. Yeah. She bridged it and made her tap. Yeah. So... Way wrong way to go with this match. Yeah. Way wrong way to go with this match. Oscar should have went over. Then you build to the fact that at WrestleMania, Becky Lynch finally gets that win, finally gets that monkey off her back by skinning her championship back from Oscar at WrestleMania. Yeah. As you will have a heel versus heel dynamic on the other side of it where Charlotte Flair's going after Bailey. Yeah. And now it's a heel you hate versus a, a heel you hate. Oh my God, who do we cheer for? Yeah. And then you have an awesome explosion in that match. Yeah. Sasha Banks costs Charlotte Flair. You know what I mean? There's things you could do. Yeah. But let's get to the main event. The Raw, or not the Raw, the Men's Royal Rumble match. Match of the night. Match of the night. Okay? I'll give it to you. Okay? Again, we want to talk about matches happening in thirds, happening in segments. First segment, Brock Lesnar dominating this match. Brock Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar eliminates 13 men straight. Domination, dude. Yeah, domination, and it and there were points where there were two or three guys in that ring facing him at once, and what did he do? Eliminated them all. Eliminated every single one of them. There were numerous times where someone was coming out, and no one else else was in the ring besides yep. for dude the Shelton Lesnar. the Shelton Benjamin thing. Yeah. So let's 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 run down this list real quickly. Okay. It goes one Brock, Brock Lesnar Elias Elias. Yep. No concept. Goodbye. Three Rowan. Yep. Four Rude. Yep. Five Morrison. Yep. Six, Kingston. See, that was the funny thing is Morrison was out so fast. Yeah. But Kingston comes out, yep. holds his own a little bit, as yep. a little bit of a um, retaliation for that quick eight-second match that he was involved in. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Seven, Mysterio. Yep. E, uh, eight, E. So then you have the three of those guys in the ring together. Yep. You have E hit his finishing move. Brock gets laid up in the ropes, gets a 619. And then all of a sudden he gets a second win and just starts suplexing the crap out of everybody. Yep, and Elimin- sends E, Kingston, and uh, Yep, sends Mysterio all three of those guys out before the next guy even enters the ring. Yeah. Number nine, Cesaro. Sent flying. Ten, Benjamin. This was his great. His former tag team partner. His best friend. Yeah. OVW best friend. High yeah. school best friend. Well, I don't know if they went to high school together, but I know they're training buddies and stuff like that. Yeah. Heyman gives him a hug when he comes down. They're talking. I'm like, so happy to see you. Yeah. It's so great to they, see you. Lesnar gives him a hug. Yeah. They act like they're going to be working together. Yeah, they, and they're hey, both they're, they're both lined up in like yeah. linebacker positions. And then all of a sudden, suplex. Suplex sent him out. Yep. 
Uh, number 11, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep, gone. Gone. Number 12, the first surprise entrant, Montel Vontavious Porter. I know. Send MVP. Him gone. <laughs> Apparently, just so you know, not to, um, I know you like to do news and stuff beforehand, but this is a long episode, so we're not doing news afterwards. No. He signed the contract. He's supposed to be um, setting up for some matches. Oh, nice. So. That's good. I love I love Montel Vontavious yep. Porter. Uh, number 13, Keith Lee. Oh, now this is where... Segment two, two of starts, this match yep. Okay. This is McMahon's boy versus Heyman's boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is beauty. Dude, Lee hit him with such a shoulder. He he turned Lesnar inside out. Yeah. Turned him inside out. Yeah. And he was shocked. Yeah. yeah. Lesnar was shocked. Uh, 14, Braun Strowman. Yes. Three massive men in the ring all yep. together. And then what happens? They, the other two get tied up in the ropes, and Lesnar sends them both over the top yep. by himself. Dude, think about how strong you have to be to lift both those guys up. Yeah. So now, again, he's in the ring by himself. But at this point, dude, he is sweating. He is— Yeah. Like, Lesnar gets red. Like, uh, I mean, I have not, there's nothing really to point out. Like, that box, your, your focus yeah. right box. My, get, uh, my focus right scarlet box. He gets that red. He is that red at this point. But he's also been in the match for over 23 minutes. Yeah. Okay? 13 straight eliminations. Ricochet comes out. Ricochet comes out. He's and he's the Rico- next one out. And Ricochet's just trying to survive at this point. He's yeah. getting dominated and dominated and dominated. And number and sixteen, then the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre is out. Number sixteen. Now, this again, story elements of the WWE putting things together. How does Brock get eliminated? He gets hit with a low blow by Ricochet, yep. who he low blowed last week on Raw. Yep. And then and gets he gets claymored. To hell and back. I know. He's now. I love Brock selling in this because he's late. He stays laid out on the floor for a good thirty seconds. Yeah. As McIntyre is just celebrating in the ring, the crowd popped their tits off. Yeah. When that happened, okay. There may have only been one situation later on in this match. Yeah. Where the pop was bigger. Yeah. But holy god! And then when Lesnar came to and he realized he had been eliminated. You could see he wanted to get back in the ring and go after McIntyre. Oh, without a doubt. But then he kind of looks at him and says, you're going to get yours. Yeah. Don't you worry about it. And he doesn't leave like the rest of the competitors. He doesn't go up the ramp. No, he goes out he goes, through the crowd. goes out through the crowd with his belt. And this is now, it's a very quick transition, but this is where Matt, the match goes from segment two, two to, to segment, segment three. three. And oh, Number 17, The Miz. Yeah. 18, AJ. We'll talk about AJ in a little bit. Yes, we'll talk about after somebody else enters the match, we'll talk about AJ. Yeah. Number 19, Ziggler. Number 20, Carl Anderson. AJ gets a little help. Mm-hmm. Number 21, the rated R superstar, Edge. Dude, he has been lying to so many people because he did multiple interviews saying, oh, no, I'm not going to be in the Rumble. I'm not going to be in the Rumble. Dude, the, all right, this was the bigger pop. This was the biggest pop of the night. Yes. Every, this was bigger than Shane's pop. This was Awesome. Bigger than Shayna's pop. Bigger than when McIntyre eliminated Lesnar. Yeah. Th- this was the pop of the night. Yeah. Now, this is where we're going to talk about AJ Styles. Yes. So AJ Styles got hurt in the Royal Rumble. I'm not sure if anybody else has heard about this. I don't know if I'm breaking any new news. But he hurt his shoulder. And it happened when Edge speared him. So Edge came into the ring and went on a spearing frenzy. And the nice thing is when Edge is in this ring, all you can think about is these dream matchups. Oh, my God. Can you imagine... Edge versus Dolph Ziggler. 
Wow, Edge versus AJ. Wow, Edge versus Roman. Wow, Edge versus McIntyre. Wow, Edge versus Randy Orton again. Like, all these dream matchups are all happening. So he's going around and he's spearing everybody as soon as he enters the match. When he spears AJ, AJ turns himself inside out, but he lands awkwardly on his shoulder. As he lands on his shoulder, he crawls into the corner and he gives an X to the medical staff. Like, hey, I'm hurt. You need to come over here. So at this point, I know um, we haven't said Corbin yet, but Corbin's going to be in the ring at Corbin's this point. Corbin's next one, and he's 22. So, so Corbin is in the ring at this point, and he goes to the corner where AJ is, and he's ready to attack AJ, and AJ kind of waves him off and says, hey, dude, I'm hurt. I, I can't fight. So then Corbin leaves the corner. AJ gets up, gets himself ready, and goes to Edge and goes, hey, you've got to eliminate me. And there's a camera angle of AJ being thrown out. Now, AJ wasn't supposed to be eliminated at this point, according to many reports. He was supposed to go out a little bit later in the match. Yeah. But... Edge throws him over the top, and when he throws him, there's a camera on AJ on his face, and he's wincing in a lot of pain, and he needs to be helped to get up and stuff like that afterwards. So let's hope the injury isn't serious because they Fingers were crossed. because they were building to an AJ or in Mania match. Yeah, but after Rumble, I want to see something completely different. Yeah, number twenty-three, which you were wrong in your predictions, or no, you were wrong in conversation with you and I. You said these two men, Lee and this man, Matt Riddle, would both not be uh, in the Rumble. Yes, I know. Okay. But they weren't both in the Rumble at the same time. Okay, well. But Matt Riddle was in the Rumble. Yes, he was. And he was out very quickly. Very, very Bar- 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 Baron Corbin eliminated him quick. Very quickly. Um, number 24, Luke Gallows. 25, Randall Keith Orton. Number 26, Roman Reigns. 27, Kevin Owens. 28, Aleister Black. 29, Samoa Joe. And 30 was the Monday Night Messiah. And his cohorts. Seth Rollins and his cohorts. Yes. Ringside. And they were wrecking shop. They were wrecking shop. Yeah, they were. They were playing dividends. Yes. So, and you could see. So now we're going to talk about the end of the match. Oh, Owens, my, my favorite image of the night is where Rollins is standing in, in the, the middle, middle of the ring. And there's four guys in Joe, each corner. Joe, Orton, Edge, and Reigns. No, no. My favorite image of the night is when he is standing in the middle of the ring by himself yeah. with Edge in one corner, Orton in the other corner, McIntyre in one corner, and Roman Reigns in the other corner. Oh, that's what I meant, as, McIntyre. As Samoa Joe and Owens have been eliminated, yeah. and they're drag- and Alistair Black have been eliminated, and they're all fighting on the outside with all the, 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 cohorts. Uh, the cohorts. And he's like, oh my God, you guys are leaving me by myself? He's playing the perfect... You know, cowardly sh- heel, cowardly shitbag heel, and he's like, "Hey Roman, come on, Roman, pound it, dog, pound the big dog, come on." And then Roman, they just light him up. Fin- and it- finisher mania, yeah. They get hit with a Superman punch. Yep, a spear, a claymore, an RKO, and goodbye. Out he goes. Uh, great. So then you get the final four. The final four. You get rated RKO. Yep. McIntyre. And Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns. Now, Roman Reigns and McIntyre have, have a past. They yes. have history. Yes. But forget their history. We're talking rated RKO. And this is where AJ's injury is a silver lining. So these two guys are working together pretty much the entire time they've been in the match together. Yeah. They're helping eliminations and stuff like that and working together. But Randy does his little viper stance behind him. And then when he Edge turns around, Randy's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Let's go. Let's go take care of these guys. And Edge eliminates Randy Orton. Yep. And it's like, wait a minute. Are you building to something? Yeah. Because Edge signed a 
three year contract? Three year contract for special special events. Okay. So it's gonna be because they announced it February twenty something super showdown in Saudi. In Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So listen, the last Saudi show was pretty good. The last Saudi so, show was pretty good. Again, let's just let's just see if they're gonna continue to use these Saudi shows as canon, because if they do, then I have no problem with them. Yeah. So you get that elimination. I mean, the last Saudi show has probably one of the best moments ever. Yeah, in exactly. professional wrestling, in history. So, you get that elimination. Then you get Roman Reigns eliminating, eliminating Edge. Edge, and right then and there, that's where I'm like, they're gonna put Roman over. And I was happy they didn't. Yeah, I was so happy, dude. Drew McIntyre broke down in the ring. Yeah, he broke down. Yeah, they have finally. They're, they're finally going to take this. This is the best thing about this Royal Rumble, okay? Is Roman Reigns doesn't need the rub. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. He can walk into a match. He can demand a title match right away. He can get that title match. Drew McIntyre hasn't been given that opportunity. The Drew last, McIntyre was fired from the company. The, the, exactly. The last time he's had a title was the NXT Championship. And that's the last title he held as a yeah, single. And he lost the belt due to injury. Yes. So, he's going to go to WrestleMania. And he's going to fight a guy who just spent 23 minutes in the Royal Rumble, eliminated 13 competitors, is the most dominant combat athlete in the history of combat athletics. He's going to get that rub at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre is going to become a an overnight international superstar when he pins Brock Lesnar in the middle of the ring after a Claymore, after a Claymore kick one, two, three. After eating suplex after suplex after F5 after F5. Dude, McIntyre is going to be so over after WrestleMania. Oh my. The thing that they wanted to do to Seth Rollins last year is what's going to happen to Drew McIntyre this year. Yeah. And not, he will not be the first match on WrestleMania. This will be the main event at WrestleMania. They are going to build this so huge. And I am so stoked. I'm so happy it's McIntyre. I don't know if we had mentioned McIntyre. I thought we did on our last podcast because we were joking around about it. Yeah, I, we both. I think we both said that Lesnar is going to win. Well, we both said Lesnar was going to win. But I think... I think I think we both said we want McIntyre to win, yes, but we think Lesnar is yes. going to win. So, this is what was needed. Yeah. I I am so happy, so happy with this weekend, dude. This has been a we haven't had an episode this long in a long time. But this, this is warranted. This was warranted because this was an excellent, excellent, excellent weekend of professional wrestling, professional storytelling, everything. I don't even care how bad my my puberty voice sounds right now. I'm super excited about this. This was probably one of my favorite pay-per-view weekends ever. I'm not gonna say ever, but it's in recent. Well, in how's this in, in recent, recent memory? memory yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but that basically, that basically finishes this episode. That wraps a bow on it, man. Yeah, that wraps a bow on this it. This is the Doink and Doink connection. Um, this has been our Royal Rumble and Worlds Collide uh, review and recap. Now, one final question before we go. Does if, it have to be answered now, or can we wait? Right now. Okay, all right. If it was, if you were to give this a Meltzer out of five stars this weekend in professional wrestling, what? How many stars would you give it? Oh, man. In half he intervals. Did, no, we gotta do quarter. 
Quarter intervals? Yeah, we got to do quarter intervals because that's how he does it. Okay. So I am so I am sitting in between two numbers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those two numbers and I'm going to do a median. Okay. I'm going to go four stars. I was going to give it four stars because you were between three. 3.75. And, and 4.25, yeah. I was sitting there, and it, it's little matches that would kind of sway me one way or the other, but with how good both Royal Rumbles were, yeah. with how good the Universal Championship was, with how good NXT was, it makes up for the, the, flat, the, cloud, eh. the flat crowd for Lacey Evans. The, the eh, M moment from, from Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. The, Everything the was just super predictable false count anywhere match. Correct. The unimportance of the pre-show. It was all made up by the claps by Massive DIY matches. The, the 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 fatal four-way match for the for the Cruiserweight Championship. The the, the four the, on four the Imperium edge, versus UE. The edge pop, the Shayna Baszler pop, the Claymore kick that eliminated Brock Lesnar. It listen, four stars. It deserves it. The weekend definitely earned it. And this isn't this isn't WWE fanboys talking. This is this is wrestling fans. This is wrestling fans realizing what this was this weekend. Yeah. This is what the WWE needed to do to kick off their WrestleMania, their WrestleMania season. Season. Perfect. Just just a great, great, great weekend. Not all the right people won. Yeah. Um, you and I had had a phone conversation before the pay-per-view started. I came up with a really cool theory about what they should have done. Yeah. And then... I sat back afterwards and I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're going to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia as the next pay-per-view. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's not going over. No. You know what I mean? I had a great fantasy booking thing yeah. about what they should have done with The Fiend. But I like The Fiend still holding the belt. Yeah. I like the fact that Bryan is no longer going to be chasing that belt for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And now it's really um, an open it's mania can- season. It's an open canvas. Mania season, baby. Well, it's mania we season. We have one are two, two pay-per-views. No, no, no. I'm saying we have one match guaranteed at Mania right now, which is Drew McIntyre versus... Well, we don't know if it's guaranteed. Drew could go after The Fiend. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he could. I think what's going to end up happening is is you're going to have Lesnar say, you need to fight me. Yeah. I, I, y- Lesnar's going to say, you're not going to fight The Fiend because you're going to fight me. You yeah. def- you eliminated me in the Rumble. Yeah. You're fighting me and in Mania. Fu- and it's funny because we both had McIntyre eliminating him in the Rumble. Yeah. We both did. Yeah. And then we kind of talked about, oh, what about Elimination Chamber? Maybe six guys teamed up. And then we yeah. said our six guys. But we kept going back to McIntyre being the guy facing Lesnar. Yeah. So, you know what? I don't pat myself on the back very often, but I'm going to do a uh, I'm gonna do a, a Champa. Uh, yeah. That, that basically, yeah. That pretty much finishes this, this episode off. Thank you all so much for coming out and listening. Uh, obviously, if you want to go follow us over on Facebook and Instagram, uh, we post. I try and post on Facebook every now and again. Uh, Instagram, I'm going to try and start building a little bit more. Yep. Uh, I've just been busy. It's been busy. Um, and we've been trying to really, really pay attention to the podcasts before yeah. we've really been pushing social media. Yep. Um, um, as a precursor, uh, we will have a special episode yeah. of Doinked this uh, week. Might not have a special episode, but we're going to have a special segment yeah. uh, of Doinked this week um, going over the life and legacy of, uh, of Kobe Bryant, yes, who tragically did pass away. Um, as of recording yeah. this yesterday, yes. So our, at about 10, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific thoughts time. and prayers are obviously with the Bryant family as well as the families of, of the, the other rest seven of the victim. victims. Yep. Um, I will do my will journalistic. Do I'll do my journalistic due duties. diligence. Yep, and I will have a fair assessment of the whole situation and the totality of the nine victims. Yeah. It won't just be a Kobe Bryant fluff piece. No. That isn't respecting the other people who have tragically passed in this. Yeah. Um, 
but not to put the sour note at the end of this episode, but there's something for you guys to look forward to. Yeah, we're going to be we're not gonna we're not gonna be drowning out uh, and making it a sad moment. We're gonna be going over the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant as well as paying our respects to the nine victims. Um, but that essentially is that. Uh, we want to thank you all so much for coming out and listening. This has been a Double Doink production. I have been Josh. That has been Dave. Dave. And we got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.